Action Park Media. All right, welcome. Very, very special episode of Victory the Podcast. We have three-time Emmy winner, who should have won more, and Dylan lost to him. Uh, anyway, Jeremy, <laughs> <All for four. laughs> Jeremy Piven's here. We're going to have Rex Lee soon. But anyway, Rex, is late. Rex is late. Rex is late. Let's call it what it is. Is, it, is he late? Yeah. Officially, but someone okay. other than me. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, maybe he came from Malibu. What do you think about this, Jeremy? Rex is late. I mean, listen, he, he took so much punishment over the you know the course of this show that he can be as late as he wants. Yeah, but Rex. I might want to slip into character and just crush him when he walks in. That would be amazing, <laughs> and I'm going to record it so someone when you see Rex coming. But people want me, and this, I'm sure this happens to you all the time. They want me to get into character mm-hmm. and you know yell at them. In public and <laughs> yeah. no, 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 and it's like, bro, you don't understand. We're living in a time right now. Yeah, you know, call my wife a rusty cunt bucket. It's like, bro, I, <laughs> and they get their phone like this. I'm like, bro, no, we can't. We're in a in front of a cinnabon. Like, we yeah. can't. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Victory's like that. not as bad as the. You know, I mean, that. your stuff, you know, victory. Yeah, you could. You're okay. <laughs> well, they're you know, yeah, they want to hear the Jess Mancini stuff sometimes too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that here, bro. Oh yeah, but we talked yeah. about this like before we got on air. Kevin, well, here we go. Here's Rex. Wait, just, Rex, wait, Rex is in the house. Nice of you to join oh, us. Yes. <laughs> There we What's go. What's up, Rex? How are you, buddy? How are you? Before we get rolling, I gotta, I gotta start. There's combinations, and I mean this in television history, of like duos and Turtle and Drama are two of them. Vincent E. A little less, not really but, so much. But. <laughs> but Ari and Lloyd, you know, the first time I met Wayne Gretzky. He wanted to talk to me about Ari and Lloyd. He's just like loved their relationship. And I think people people are fascinated by it because on the one hand, you could look at it as this abusive boss. Not how I ever saw it. I saw it as a guy who's got a big mouth. We know that. But he also plays it for effect. But who really gave a shit about his, his guy. And was really go to the, the bat for him. So I want to get into all that. But the first thing I want to talk about, because we got these two big stars today. Do you know what Connolly did today? What I do? I haven't said two words. He here. asked Jeremy Pitt. And Rex Lee, what they'd like to eat. I've never been asked what I would like to Me eat neither, in Doug. 20 years. No, I, I got a bag of chips. I, what the fuck? I so, thought it was a mistake. I had to text him and say, Are, are you sure this text was for me? Rex is like, Did you send that to the wrong person? <laughs> <laughs> no, Rex. I went, You want a tuna sandwich? Got yeah. coming right up. Did the food come? The Where food? is it? No, there is no food. Is but the good news is we made it because it was an effort. Uh, there's no follow through. There will be no food. But he asked us. No follow through? Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. It's a, it's a thought that counts. It is the thought that counts. Well, yeah. anyway, it's great to see you guys. We were going to focus a little bit on, or, or maybe more specifically on season two, two episode, episode 13. 13. But we can obviously talk about Did you guys rewatch the episode? You know? I watched it an hour ago. Oh, so That's good. That's why so I good. walked through the door after all of you. Oh, what an prepared. episode. What an I'm episode. Prepared. Wow. wow. I love Richard it. Notes, bro. Quick question. I thought about taking notes and then I decided I could remember it all. Did you submit that episode for your Emmy? Uh, I did. I did. did. Yes, I did. That's what we figured. That was right. I mean, yeah. Terrence has come back, which who was his boss and is now trying to take back over the agency that Ari's been running for the past eight years and puts Ari. And I, I think to me, what's interesting about this episode for both of you guys is we really put a dramatic turn in for the two of you that I'm not sure you had anything like that in this show before that. So when you got the script, was it, okay, this is a little different or, or did you remember what you were thinking? I just remember thinking I was all over it and, that, and I loved that. <laughs> and then 
you know, uh, every season we do table reads, like at the beginning of the season. But for some reason, we did a table read of, of this episode. And afterwards, there was this weird unspoken dialogue between the two of you. And I'm like, oh, they had a conversation about me. And can I handle this? And I, and I felt like, I felt like they were sort of smiling and nodding, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I did pretty good in that table read. I feel good. They, nice. They're making me feel good. Nice. Oh, nice. I don't, always yeah. know when you do good in a table read, though. I don't, think that, ever, I don't think that ever happened, even though I will say, of course, you write this stuff, and you haven't seen someone do something like this. It, it is a little bit like, whoa, I hope he, But I don't remember ever thinking that I was worried about it at all. You know? I remember the table reading. We were shooting in downtown L.A., and it was in the parking lot at the base camp parking lot of the big building that we that used to be Ari's office. Mm-hmm. And we had lunch. And for whatever reason, Rex, you're right, we did a table reading yeah. of that yeah. script. Though, probably because you were so in love with yourself, you wanted everybody to hear your words out loud. <laughs> Listen, as, as I've spoken before, I wrote this script. Jeremy did call me and say this is one of the best scripts he's ever read. And HBO called me and said they hated it. That, that was that's literally... Wow. And that's why it. we're not going to get a reboot because you won't stop bad-mouthing HBO. We love HBO. We <laughs> love, love HBO you. Max. Did they tell you why? Why they hated it? Um, it was I, Connolly. <laughs> light on E. Let's put a little more E in there. The exact words were, I have a lot of problems with this script. And I, we were shooting the Comic-Con episode, and I sat down on a bench and basically was depressed as hell. And Julian Farino, the director, walked in. I was like, he's like, what's the problem? I told him. He's like, oh, don't worry about that. It's great. Then they called Julian to tell him they had a problem with a cut that he did. He ended up sitting on the couch with me. Then Wahlberg walked in in a true movie star sense. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? I said, HBO <laughs> hates the last cut. They hate this script. And he said, fuck them. It's great. We're going to be great. So we, we moved on and we, we made this episode. And uh, Jeremy won an Emmy. I lost. I got, you got a certificate. I got a nice certificate. It's framed in the house and it's great. Did you frame yours? Oh, yeah. I'm all framed. <laughs> I framed That's, mine uh, just to protect it, if nothing else. Yeah, no, they're all framed. see if I got fun. Mine. Six Golden Globe <laughs> losses all framed framed um, Dylan goes I gotta see if I can find mine I, I bet I can <laughs> would you have cared about the trophy or no the trophy I would have cared about the uh, certificate not so much you and Jeremy were up against each other did you have any bitterness did you want to fucking no. Hanya Harding him when he was going up to the stage <laughs> <No>. like <laughs> at that point it's too late yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's good that, it's good that it stayed in the family that's one thing for sure all right Good. Yeah. Good for entourage. That, that's you know? that's a very healthy way to look at it. Yeah. That is the way to look at it's it. The only way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I could deal with. <laughs> so yeah. let's do you remember that table read at all? Um, listen, I you know, you guys know that I'm not I'm I'm not the fastest out of the gate, if you will. I mean, the reality is if someone were to judge me by a table read, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the role. They would have looked at me and gone like, is there someone else we can get for this role? Like, literally, can we get someone in there? I just, you know me, I'm not, you know, I'm just not fast out of the gate. I need to let my hands go and be there on the day and and be moving and, you know, acting is a momentum sport and I need some momentum, you know? So um, Rex crushed it, Dylan crushed it, Casey, everyone's great. And, you know, I'm struggling and, 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 you know, but then when we hit the stage, I'm okay. It's interesting. Somebody actually asked me on Instagram to ask you, which I know the answer to because uh, it's me. But they said, did you give Jeremy these hand things that he does? Whatever that means. 
And, you know, (laughs) but what I'll say is, and no, I didn't. Jeremy brought an energy that was kind of the thing that I would I would use to clock what I wanted the show to be. I wanted all of it to feel energetic and and hurried to a certain degree. So when you first got into this, because you did this out of the gate in Koi, you had that just kind of manic energy. Was that something that you decided was a choice you wanted to make or? The choice was made by me. I mean, you know, it's no secret that the character is based on Ari Emanuel and um, unbeknownst to me, I was a, a dramateur studying him because he was my agent um, for years. So he does have that, as you know. He has that manic energy, and he just drives through to, and he doesn't. He just he, he he's he's an animal. He's a he's a brilliant agent and businessman, and he moves. Um, uh, he's a you know first or second generation Israeli American, and they're just a, a, you know a little bit different. Lots of energy. They they you know could be a, a lot of um, tough love. You know he's Domenico Vaca who made all my suits. Literally, Ari Emanuel was came to him to do some suits. And Ari goes, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not nothing like the guy from the show. Anyway, what the fuck are you talking? Hey, hey! And like, and, and <laughs> Dominico's like, well, what's, what's going on? Like literally, and and Ari is like in, you know, walking in circles, screaming on the phone while saying that he's not like the character. So listen, I, I was very lucky in the way that we. There is there is a real E. There are all these guys exist, and you guys made it very specific. And I think it's one of the many reasons why the show is successful because, you know, it's very specific in that way. So I was very lucky in that there was an actual guy that had this energy. You wrote it so brilliantly. And, you know, during you and I maybe forgive me if I'm talking out of turn, but a lot of the Ari stuff was taken kind of from your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely the personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And my son, my son played Ari's son as some people. All the the therapy stuff felt so real because it was kind of coming from yeah, and we're gonna try to get you to do some of that therapy stuff today, like in our little in our little uh, podcast karaoke podcast you know? karaoke, because <laughs> everybody wants to hear that. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about your relationship, both on and off the set. Rex, as I said, when Rex came on the show, you know, which is uh, really how it was in the in the breakdowns or how I sent it to the casting people was, we want to find someone who can pair well with Jeremy. I don't know what that is. That doesn't mean they're white, black, female, male, gay, not gay, nothing. Like, let's see who it is. And we brought everybody in. We found Rex, which we never put you with Jeremy, I don't think, right? We no, just no. Yeah, so the first time you got on set, how did that relationship kind of go? And and with the scripts, obviously some of the offensive things that, that were written by Kevin Dillon. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can I can tell you that what's what's great about Rex is um, you know, growing up and doing like sketch comedy and like having, you know, there are some people that break and some people that don't like, like, you know, there are some guys, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but there are guys out there, uh, Jimmy Fallon, for instance, you know, is he breaks and he's known for breaking on SNL. Lloyd, um, Rex, we're talking about your character. So, um, there, there's no breaking him. That he just doesn't break, no matter what I would say to him. And so I, I learned very early on, oh, okay, he's just going to stay in the pocket, yeah. and there's no way to break this guy. And one of my favorite moments early on was um, when you, when your character, when you came to me and said, like, you know, I'll, I'll stick around, but you know, you can't say anything offensive, and you can't, 
you know, say homophobic slurs and you can't do any of this stuff. And I took a beat and I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I can't promise you that. <laughs> and it was just like this amazing, amazing moment. And right. you're, and you just stayed in there. And it's just so, it was just something so truthful about the characters, who they are. And I think your character and you appreciate it. Here's this guy who's doing the best he can, you know, like in the, in, in the spirit of the great characters like Archie Bunker and stuff like that. He's going to do the best he can. <laughs> now, is Ari a racist? No. Is he homophobic? No. Is he an equal opportunity offender? Yes. You know, um, when I first came in here, you guys made a reference to Michael Jordan. You know, when people were talking about Michael, they said he's an asshole. But he wanted everyone to raise their level, raise their game. And that's one of the things you made clear about this relationship was he was trying to toughen Lloyd up so that he could ultimately run with it. And he did. So I love the relationship. And what about you, Rex? When you got on, I mean, you started, the show wasn't big yet, I don't think, when you started working. Did, were you familiar with Jeremy, his work or anything, or, or Ari at all? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's dropped, but Jeremy someday is going to have a podcast and we were having a conversation and I was yeah. just telling him how, you know, before I ever met him, I just knew a lot of women and a lot of gay men who wanted to fuck him. <laughs> and, oh, no. But you, social you, clip, you, social clip. You can cut around this. Don't worry about it. Anyway, the point is, I knew a lot of people who knew who Jeremy was. I knew who Jeremy was. I'd seen a lot of his work. And so when you got on set, how was was Jeremy welcoming? We're going to have to ask Jeremy some other questions. I don't remember. I don't think I, I, don't think I cared. <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't yeah, matter. But, I was happy to have the Rex job. Rex has and, ice in his veins. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, is Rex is one of these guys where I would go to you and I, I'll never forget it. I said, <laughs> listen, I'm going to say, are you cool with this? It'll be like first thing in the morning. I'm going to say, you know, if you had so much cum squirted in your eyes <laughs> that, you know, that you can't see what's right in front of your fucking face. And I'd be like, that's in the script, Jeremy. I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that a week ago. <laughs> I, I know, but I just, I, I was just like, and I hear I'm like, you know me, I'm a sensitive guy. And Rex is like, shut the fuck up, man. Let's fucking roll this. So he's actually more like Ari and I'm more like Lloyd, which is really fucking, that'll fucking twist your head up. Can you imagine switching those roles around? The characters kind of eased into that relationship. I mean, obviously it was a million years ago, but Jeremy, do you remember a point where you're like looking at the script going like, okay, ugh, this is a, this is a big one. Uh, you know, do you, do you remember where you started? Cause it grew gradually. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Oh, absolutely. You, you can attest to this. There were many times when I would go to Doug and go, uh, I think we've gone too far. No, no. I, I would read it and go, yeah, this is, this is the part where we lose everyone. No, no, we're, we're going to lose. This is too much. And you would always go, no, don't worry about it. We got this. And, you know, to, you know, you were right. If you totally commit, which we all did at all times and, and, you know, we, we pushed the, the boundaries. And, you know, that's one of the many reasons I think that people to this day are connected to this show. I mean, I'm lucky enough to go on the road. So I'm seeing things you guys don't see. I see in real time. I just got back from Texas. Jeremy's doing stand-up tour, by the way, comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as Ari said, you know, do they allow Jews in Texas? <laughs> um, and they do, you know. And, and I, you know, I would Austin. Uh, they do yeah, exactly in Austin, the metropolitan you know place where Joe Rogan is at, and but I was in Houston, I was in San Antonio, and you know I have a lot of Jew jokes, so I put it out there. How many Jews in the house? And there'd be like three Jews in the house, and I go, I feel like Anne Frank, you know, right now, and it was very surreal. But they all love the show and are totally connected to the show to this day, you know, and also to this podcast, and so we made a real connection to people. And so we didn't alienate anyone, and they're still kind of clamoring for more. And, you know, 
you could say that this relationship now couldn't be seen. But at the same time, it's a relationship where they care about each other and they want it. We all want to see each other succeed. Some don't want to see drama succeed because <laughs> they don't fully understand him. But but that's the, that, you know, that's the great part about it. But like, yeah, there's some language that would really be offensive, but that's who some of these people are. But I also think, you know, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. It's interesting. If this was very bad things or this was a drama, would you be doing the same thing if you were on The Sopranos and had to kill him and, and say some homophobic thing? Would you say, hey, I just want you to know, uh, you know, this isn't me? Like, it's weird in a comedy that somehow people don't take it as its characters. They take it as as someone's opinion of what things are, you know? So I don't know. It's just a... I, I, that's a great question. I just felt, for whatever reason... I just needed to ask you if it was okay. I don't know why. I felt, you know, which is so funny because people see my character and they assume, you know, when I see them that I am my character. But I just had a hard time saying some of these things. And by the way, everything I said to to you or to anyone on this show, I said to my mother's face. When you were rehearsing? Yes. <laughs> because I would run lines with my wow. mom. So wow. Joyce Piven has played all of your characters, <laughs> wow. just so you know. That's awesome. She probably would have been a better E. I was about to say, I was about to say you think about, we can get her from Vince for I the movie. There we go. Nor deny that statement. <laughs> Jeremy's mom is, um, you know, a famous acting coach. So she obviously understands. I don't think she was terribly offended, right? She knows this. Yeah, but listen, also, you know, look, I think two things. One, it's great to be sensitive of your other actors when you're working with them. So that's, that's, obviously a good thing um but i do think it's a it's an interesting discussion why a comedy gets looked at like that and then wolf of wall street which is i love the movie four thousand times more offensive than entourage but because it's loosely based on truth and because martin scorsese and leo did it it's you know it's art it's art so i i I am taking us back though we're art here kevin dillon is a fucking artiste right there i'm yes i am so uh, (laughs) well i think i think the thing that's changed is ari and lloyd start off as a workplace relationship so you kind of can't get away with that in the workplace anymore. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, and I think that's an interesting thing because the time that stuff was going on in Hollywood. Oh, no, I completely believe that. So, so now that. it is people do have to adjust. That All right. We, Rex, we got to, you know, we got to get into Jeremy a little bit. We had Labar on. We had mm-hmm. Belfion. So I know Jeremy gets into character. It's a little uh, it's a it's an intense process that he does. So we're just going to we're just going to ask you, Jeremy. The slap heard around the world. The slap. Jo- heard oh, around did the you world. slap Jordan Belfi? That's a good question. Um, oh, yeah. No, no, I did. I did. Oh, I absolutely did. I'm sorry. You're going to tell us what Jordan said afterwards, uh, right? Jordan, it was on the podcast. Jordan said he was not expecting it. And, oh. and it was it was a hard slap, kind of oh. like one of those Russian he slap He said he caught fights. it in the ear a little bit, too. Film is forever. A little, little side in the ear. Uh, you know what? I will, I will say this about that. Um, <laughs> first of all, he is a big, strong, tough kid. Yeah. And he was crushing it. And who do you remember who was directing that episode? Mark Mylod. Oh, Mark Mylod. Yeah. yeah, Mark is a genius. Yes. Um, he was crushing it. This kid was crushing it. And it was the last take, and it was his close up. And by the way, you guys know me. Like, I'm not going to take a free shot because I'm a, a delusional sociopath. <laughs> I, 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 I took that shot because it was an angle on him. And I really, I wanted that, that I wanted him to have the, the perfect reaction. Now, the reality is you never use another actor. You don't do that. It was, it was a terrible thing to do. And at the same time, 
I just, I, I, you know, I felt like, I don't want to, I, I just felt like the, the reaction wasn't quite there. And so I threw the kitchen sink and I did, I did smack him. But let me, let okay. me interject here yeah. on, on possibly on Jeremy's behalf. I'm just saying that we talk about the Scorsese movie. Does, does, does uh, Leo slap Jonah Hill? Probably, right? You take one for the movie or you take one for the show. The question is, listen, I don't even have an opinion on, it's not that I don't have an opinion on this. I want the the scene to be the best possible. You guys are actors. Do you tell the actor first or not? Obviously, it's going to affect you. I would like to know personally, but if you weren't getting the reaction from him that you felt was real and natural. I didn't want to say that. He left that out. Well, Jordan might not agree with that, but I see Rex looking like if Jeremy slapped me, I'd beat his (laughs) fucking ass. (laughs) Well, it's also really hard not to flinch. When you know you're going to get slapped. Exactly. So. You defeat the purpose. So yeah. you guys are for it. And, and- I'm, I'm for, yeah. I'm, I'm for taking one for the team. For one. Like when me and Jerry had to do that, that hand slap. Oh, that thing. was vicious. I mean, we were like, you go as hard as you want, and then I'm going to do one on you for the camera. Make it count. But let's not, you know, we want to have to do it over and over again. But our hands were red and sore. You right. just take one for the team, and, right. and you got it forever on film. All right. All right. Well, listen, this scene's amazing. I don't want to jump on Jordan Belfi, and we got it. We got you know, the ear, though. You got to watch the ear, though. Yeah, I he mean, couldn't get on. I think he caught his ear like a little to, bit. I'd like to publicly apologize to Jordan. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big stud, and he crushed that scene. Yeah. He right couldn't out. get on and a plane I, for I, six months because he blew out his eardrum. Yeah, and Is you that know, true? Yeah, no. and he was supposed no, to start. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> he had the lead in Game of Thrones, but he couldn't He couldn't get there. <laughs> he couldn't hear anything. <laughs> he couldn't hear cut. No, he's fine. He's, fine. he's, no, he's, he's great. partially he's deaf. Great. He's right here. <laughs> so anyway, we love you, Jordan, and he was great. Okay, then we got to just switch, which is, is not even it's it's not as bad. bad. But um, uh, <laughs> Josh Labar. <laughs> it's like 60 minutes all of a sudden so jeremy what happened with josh lamar (laughs) so the scene very famous scene one of my favorite scenes the jump off point yeah it is really uh you know jeremy pulls up in the car ari ari pulls up in the car at the beach house Busey in the beach season one episode six and it's a long walk till he gets to josh and then you gotta dress him down in front of the party what happened, Jeremy? Well, first of all, the Steadicam shot was brilliant, and it was an homage to Scorsese. And, yep. You know, just it, it started with me pulling up in the car, and it just goes, all, it takes me all the way through the house, and it's and it just you know single take, and then a great monologue, and I crush him, and it was just so it was it was just so well written, and he was doing his thing, and you know, look at with me, I'm doing these these things to get the best. I'm not taking advantage of a situation. I'm trying to get the best performance possible. And that's all I was trying to do. Now I'm trying to remember, did I did I throw the drink in his face? Well, that's not only was... and not only that, Jeremy, but you did do it in the freebie. So the scene yeah. was you the already scene had was moving on and you did it in the freebie. It was which the is final take no do. matter what. So you knew that you, there was you know gonna what? be a wardrobe change or anything like that. Yeah. I, oh for sure. So you try <laughs> oh. to get that one great moment. Oh no, of... listen, for me it's like my thinking is how far can how far can we take it, you know, that we can we can walk away feeling like we tried everything, you know, so that you have options in the editing room. Because mm-hmm. you just never want to be like, oh, fuck, I wish I would have. Why didn't I? Mm-hmm. And listen, maybe to a fault. And again, big, strong kid, you know. Um, and I just felt like, okay, we've tried everything. Maybe I'll put it in his face. Also, the reality is you lock into that character and, you know, he, he gets all revved up and, 
you know, you take the gloves off, and and that's you're painting a picture of me as a terrible no, person. No, 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 no. I thought I back the orange juice thing, especially during the freebie. I mean, I would do that. I'm yeah. uh, listen uh, again. This is not because I love Jordan and I love Josh. Just having I, fun. No, no, but seriously, I I I can't remember specific instances, but I you're often forgetting your entire life. No, I would often really tell <laughs> I would often tell actors when I'm directing to do something that I only told one of them and didn't tell the other. So you know, obviously. There's got to be some boundary and some guidelines. So, you know, we, we can discuss that. But all of you are seemingly on the, the same page, which I am, too. Now, different story. Very famous director who I will not mention, who uh, at film school wanted a reaction from somebody drinking whiskey. There was apple juice in the thing on a student film. Person drank it. He didn't like the reaction. He switched it with real whiskey. He didn't tell the actor. The actor hadn't had a drink in 25 years. He's recovering. Fucking freaked out. And this is well, for a student and that, film. that rightfully so. I mean, like. Yeah. yeah so, I'm, but I'm just saying there's, there's, there's levels we can all get. I think we're all good. Josh and, 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 oh, and yeah, Jordan are all good also. So, there's no actor who hasn't hurt another actor a little bit when they get fired up in some yeah. kind of an action scene. It just happens. Still, well, I've you're, bounced you're in the you moment, around. I've bounced I've around I've thrown Connolly around many times. <laughs> Jeremy, when we didn't have a lot of money, and I'm not going to tell him that I didn't say to do it because I liked it, but Jeremy took a fucking Apple computer and flipped it up against the wall, and I saw some props guys go, oh, my God, that's a brand new computer. How many phones did Jeremy throw off various cliff sides in the Los Angeles area? <laughs> well, what I want to know, because of this episode, Jeremy, you actually, which is tragic to me, you say some of the things you do were came from my life. I watched the episode with my girlfriend, Sarah, and... You go to the valet and he's not giving you the car and you punch the wall. And she's like, she's never seen me punch a wall, but she's like, why does this remind me of you? Oh. And I have punched walls. I've broken my hand. Stupid right. stuff. Connolly's that. attacked florists. So bad. <laughs> By I don't way, know if you listened last it, week, but Connolly had a Every time I man. watch it, it still looks like you punched that wall. Did you your punch reaction that wall? was so, I thought you really hurt yourself. I mean, that's your reaction was so great when you punched the wall. Yeah, man. I mean, it looked like you really hurt yourself a little bit. I, I didn't. I didn't hurt myself, but I did punch it hard. Yeah. Um, and they were nice enough to put just a little kind of padding there, nice, because it nice. was cement. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. You know, I would have yeah. broken my hand. Oh yeah, no doubt for sure. Yeah, so like, great, great but that's what's so, so amazing. The crew was so incredible. You could literally just go, "Hey guys," just and they boom. Yeah, I mean, they just they you were got it. So Rex, have you ever done anything like that? Have you ever been in a scene where you're just like, I'm going to give this a fucking try and I'm not telling anybody. Let's go and see what happens. No. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Sorry. I, I can't even like I can't even think about that question because the whole time you've been talking to him, I've been thinking about when I had to slap Will in season three. Right. Oh, Will Sasso. Shit. And he was harder, harder. Slap me harder. Give it everything. <laughs> And I couldn't do it, and I feel shame about that to this day. Uh, you you just you just couldn't get. I you know I I slapped him as hard as I thought I could, but I think there was just a part of me that was holding back. And by the way, Will Sasso, that's a great invitation. One of Anna. my favorite. I mean, the guy is such a comic genius, but one of my favorite guest stars. And that episode is one that I was going to talk about. Because what episode? That was the. I don't know what the name of it is, but that's the episode where Ari legitimately sells Lloyd. To a TV oh, writer oh, to try yeah, to get yeah. him a gig. And then, and Mad Men is my favorite <laughs> show ever. But about six months later, they had the same episode, which was um, um, someone has to sell Joan to Jaguar to get the deal. It was basically literally beat for beat, almost same episode. I'm not saying they took it. I thought that was harmless, though. I mean. Well, what I can tell you is th what happened was HBO president, who I love, Carolyn Strauss, was amazing to us. She called me up and said, I do not like this episode. 
I am not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you my feelings. And I thought about it and we ultimately did the episode. And that was, it was one of our reviewed episodes for season two or three or whatever. And it was, it said it took us to the next level and it did. And it was really that stuff of Ari going to save Lloyd from, you know, this, uh, whatever dangerous TV writer, but you know, from what he was doing. So I, I think we all did stick to our guns and our instincts and, you know, for better or for worse. So. Well, let's talk about season two, episode 13, Exodus. Oh. Very famous episode that yes. makes everybody happy. Yeah. Before, just before we do that, I just want to um, talk a little bit about the Will Sasso episode because I, I just, I, I don't know who, who I threw under the bus for, for cracking or saying that you don't crack and you don't. And I, if you look at the, the moment in the booth where where, the, uh, where you're feeding Will Sasso <laughs> lobster. Oh, no, Sand dabs. That's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And He's I'm feed- opening my mouth as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, by, and, and, and by the way, you, talk about taking one for the team. I think you ate more lobster than I've ever seen any human being eat in my life. And, and by the way, I 1000% cannot keep it together. I try, and I'm pretty good. I try. It was that was the one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. That is, and up they there with committed me too. so hard to that shit. And you're all, you guys were all great. And I, you know, I speak about the movie The In-Laws a lot. Alan Arkin, one of my favorite actors of all time, is one of the great. Which I used to talk to Connolly about. Hopefully, he remembers about reaction shots. And Connolly became a master at it. But you in that scene reminds me a, a little bit of Alan Arkin's ability to react, where you don't have a lot to say. And your face has to tell everything that's going on. And it really is a scene everybody should, you know, you should watch it because it's really, really funny. And the acting from everybody is just spot on. You I love mean, the in-laws. I do love the in-laws. You love the in-laws. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, I, I guess I, I, I mean, it's the worst I think I've ever been in the scene because I just couldn't hold it together. <laughs> oh, I think you're Because great. Rex is taking one for the team like a fucking soldier and just gobbling like just tons of lobster and, and, and sand dabs and, and, and Will Sasso, <laughs> sand who, dabs. who, you know, is a very straight man. He's, you know, an enormous man. He's, you know, huge and, um, very handy. Doesn't Muay Thai and whatnot. A big guy. Talk about calves. I've never seen bigger calves in my life. Uh, sorry, ever, Dylan, bro. no offense. <laughs> and, and he is committing to, to being this very kind of, a gay flamboyant power hungry guy and just digging in with Rex. And I just, you, you can see it. People have called me out on it. I was breaking so badly that you couldn't help but put it in the cut. <laughs> I honestly do not remember that. I was there when oh, we you filmed you it. Take a look. But I've watched, I've watched the scene. The guy and is I losing it. Thank you. Dude are is losing it, bro. I mean, what Kevin, stop you? picking on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really am forgetting a lot of things lately, but I'm old. So what are you going to do? I mean, edibles, bro. The edibles yeah. are great. Do edibles every other night. <laughs> Do edibles every other night. What do you think about this, Kevin Dillon? I mean, he's so. I'm going to try some of these edibles. I'm going I'm to bring. I've never some, been able to get the dosage down, so I'm going to bring some edibles for you. I think it's it's much better than alcohol. I don't get the hangovers yeah. anyway. So hey, um, I want to ask you, Doug, about one scene in this episode. You stole a little Jerry Maguire thing, right? That moment where. Listen, Jerry Maguire is, is a not steal, but you no, 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 kind of borrowed. I don't take offense to it. I mean, yeah. look, the movies that I love have entered into this show all over the place. Tsitsi Fly is from the in-laws. They say 
uh, my almost famous moment in one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. your obsession with Goodfellas. My obsession with Goodfellas is everywhere, which I, I want yeah. to talk to Jeremy about one scene, whether I actually said it to him or he came up with this, or I because I don't even know where it came from. Of course, Jerry Maguire, yeah. when you're talking about an agent getting thrown out, of course, when I was writing it, even though it's based on an actual real story that happened to Ari Emanuel, I'm thinking, of course, people are going to compare this to Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And I did probably give Rex some type of note that was a little bit like um, Renee Zellweger in that scene. So yeah. I, you I'm had not. Hello? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I love that you did that. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not hiding from it at all. But it was a homage. Now Cameron Crowe may have hated it. I have no idea. But I, uh, uh, he you didn't know, see it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he follows me on Twitter. He used to anyway. I don't know if he does. That's anyway. a blast. <laughs> wow. That's anyway, Jerry Maguire is and almost famous. Two of my favorite movies. So obviously, there's. No way to not have agent stuff and be influenced by that. Mm. And, you know, Jay Moore, who was in Jerry Maguire, yeah. you know, was the original commercial agent in television in um, Jeremy. Hopefully, you know the name. No, of the it show. was the Ted Action. Demi show Action for Fox. That was like the closest thing to Entourage before Entourage. Yeah. And, 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 and again, it's not that I've hidden any of this. Bob Odenkirk was my inspiration for Ari before I ever thought about what an agent was. He was the first agent I really saw on television and was like, this guy is genius. How are we going to top that? And um, uh, I, whatever, I'm not going to say we did. We did, but Bob's amazing. He's a genius. He was on the show for a minute, but Jeremy brought a whole other thing to it. And you know, it, it, it is what it is, but great scene, but because the show was about Hollywood and because it was about people who love movies, there are tons of movie references from other movies of the mm-hmm. show. So, did that answer your question, Kevin? Yes, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> love that scene. Call me a fucking. Did you thief. love that scene, Jeremy? I mean, that was just an amazing scene. You call for me both a thief, like call me a not a thief, like a you, fucking deadbeat. You, you call me a fucking a deadbeat. Little, you borrowed. I'm it. doing good fellas right now. I'm doing good fellas because, and I just want to ask you about that, Jeremy, because there's the scene in the finale, which I know we're supposed to focus on Exodus, and Conley's going to. You're lose all it. over the place. So I'm not. Just go with it. I'm not. I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm going well. But there's a scene where where E comes to your house. You have not told your wife that you were fired. It's on the cover of Variety. You're acting, which what I loved about watching the show again is like everything is so juvenile while being really realistic. But Ari, this professional man in a multi-million dollar house, is lying to his wife and, and pretending he's heading to work. But anyway, he rings the doorbell and you come out like Ray Liotta in Goodfellas looking for the helicopters. Helicopter. Did I say something about Goodfellas? Did that, was that an instinct to you you know i feel like you must have said something because i know how much you love that <laughs> and and you do have you know homages to it everywhere so i don't remember specifically if you did but maybe great minds think alike i don't know but that was, was so great about this whole show is like we could go over the top if you mean it you know what i mean you stay in character and a lot of times we did go over the top and you can get away with it and it was really fun to do that and that's one of those moments where yeah i mean it's the the paranoid, <laughs> are they fucking coming, man? Because I, I love that shit. I mean, who doesn't love, you know, where when they're driving around and, and the, the, the helicopters are following him and everything? And, I mean, but you make But it. he's also wearing, I'm telling you, go back and look at it. He's wearing the same shirt. I, I have to look <laughs> at it and I don't A remember. Very similar yeah. shirt and the collar is up. He looks like Ray Liotta starring the meatballs. But when I, <laughs> when I watched the episode the other day and Jeremy comes out, I just was laughing so hard because I'm, you're so in it and real and it's kind of, you can go well this guy just got fired he's a fucking mess of a human being but i was kind of going like what is he actually doing like looking around but it feels so grounded you definitely told him think ray leona i i wonder i mean i know i told dylan to drop some uh suntan lotion in the vegas episode like michael corleone drops the gun in in the godfather yes you did and 
obviously in Exodus, which we will get back to, Kevin Conley. One of these days. In I Exodus, so. after Jeremy punches that wall and gets in his car, we have the uh, we have Monkey Man by the Rolling Stones playing, which is what right. was happening in Goodfellas, you know, and that was very deliberate. It's not. Yeah. Maybe we're going to put some of that money towards catering or something like that <laughs> instead of blowing the budget. Catering. The Where is Pivot's food and Rex's food? I mean, I know I heard it's coming. I wanted to just discuss that for a minute. What the fuck is an oyster mushroom? What is that? I don't know what that is. I told him you wanted oyster mushrooms. I didn't know if you were being serious. Well, no, he asked I, me, do I know what it is? And I said, I don't, which I feel ignorant about. I didn't no, know. No, no, no. It's just, it's just before the plague on, you know, Jones on third, they had oyster <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> and, you know, I enjoy the finer things in life. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, well, it's a little I like asked when, for a sandwich. Well, it's a little like when <laughs> Dylan said, if I, I'd like tuna, if they could throw it on some bread, that'd be great. <laughs> well, was, I just thought it was a little like drama when he asked for the Welch's grape soda. <laughs> it's like, how are we going to find that? But Conley was well, like, Conley, you know, you know, he says, do you want anything from uh, Jones on third? And I have the fucking, you know, the menu memorized. I'm like, he's going to ask. I'm going to order. I couldn't believe it. But it was a half a bluff. By the way, what do you think the next question would be? He says, yeah, I'm getting Jeremy and Rex some food from Jones on 3rd. Do you know what an oyster mushroom is? How about I'm getting Jeremy and Rex some food? Would you and Kevin Dillon like something also? I don't know, because I'm fucking starving. He was hoping they would say, no, no, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. He's got three. Jones on 3rd is right there. There's, there's, there's three fake. Action Park Media credit cards that are all getting split up for that order. They're like, all right, can you put it on my visa and on this? I mean, you guys take each other for granted. You see each other every day. We're kind of like, you know, the pretty girl that's come in. You don't see us all the time right <laughs> we come in for a minute we're gone we're kind of hard to get it, it is you know there's a little yeah. mystique to us it yeah. is rex okay. is rex is especially tough you're not a big texter you're not a little uh, uh you don't like to engage i like to <laughs> i like to go rex how's uh wednesday and then i like to talk what's going on what are you oh. up to you know oh well now i know <laughs> yeah doug was like don't expect like a a chat with Rex. Like, he's either going to say he's coming or he's not or I'm whatever it is. That, but Rex, don't be, I do the same thing. Don't be offended if you don't. Yeah, like, do have a phone, right Kevin Dillon? What's that? Do you even have a phone? I have a phone, yeah. Okay. And I will text, but don't, uh, I'm not going to be writing books on my uh, phone. <laughs> no, you know what Dillon does? You could be like, yo, you're not going to believe this. Uh, I was in an 18 wheeler that rolled over 36 times. I made it. I'm live and Dillon will give you the thumbs up emoji. Good <laughs> job, bro. Good job. <laughs> what I can tell you about Dillon today, which was amazing, he he called me, which never happens. I mean, and he said, I really want, like, got things to say about this episode. You really yeah. love the episode. I, so, no, I was just thinking we could do a two-part. I thought this would be a great two-part. We're going to go four we got parts. These guys. Uh, there's, no, there's no sag rules here. We'll keep sag them here all fucking We don't even night. have the clock going today. <laughs> I, the clock. I know. Why I got the, the clock. clock. I'm looking at it. Bro, we're, we're working for oyster mushrooms, <laughs> which have never showed up, by the way. You are working, Rex and Jeremy, right now. You're working for one thing. Kevin Connolly's baby. Oh, okay? You are Listen. building him the Prince Harry fortune. <laughs> By the way, Kali looks a little like Prince Harry from here, doesn't he? I do. Listen, I love Prince Harry. I'm, I'm I have on no team issue Prince with Harry. Prince Harry. I just don't, I didn't vote it's for him. It's not because of all. the complexion. <laughs> by, by the way, if you if you work on that accent, you might want to call up Netflix to see, because they're going to be, they're gonna be getting to him soon. Well, he, he's about 6'3", isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, get him on <laughs> Four nine. <laughs> Listen, yeah, play, I'm, I'm just kidding, bro. Far shorter version of uh, Prince Harry. You know, they'll Listen. do the, the younger years. Kyle <laughs> as a child. No, no. They, li Listen. <laughs> Uh, all actors are medium height. There are apple boxes. There are ditches. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, this yeah, can yeah. be done. We can oh, yeah. work this. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can prop them up. When we call that a, a man maker when you put them on an apple box. Yeah. Bring yeah, in a man maker. Let's get Connolly on a man maker in this seat so he can sit here. <laughs> I really, I don't know. I, I really like this idea of Connolly playing a young 
Uh, Prince oh, Harry. I'm talking doing, like 11, 12 you're year doing, old. You're doing a scene with a girl on a hill and you're like, do you mind if we flip flop around and I'm on the other side of the hill? And I'm not sure if this is your good side or not, but I'd love to be on that hill. That's hysterical. All right. So let's get back to the episode. Let's actually talk about this episode. Could be wrong, but is this the first Lloyd, like the yelling Lloyd, when you're lying down in meditation, oh, I love thinking about moment. what you're going to do and you jumped up like all excited. You went, Lloyd, yeah. is that your first? I think that was your first Lloyd. You know what? I thought it was when you were trapped in the stairwell. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong as well. So I yes, think the stairwell's is. after, isn't it? Oh, okay. Isn't that the? Uh, I'm not sure though. No, but like, is there a stairwell? What? The, no, yeah, no, no, no. I know the stairwell in the new office. That's the new definitely office. the first time I was trapped, and I said your name over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> what I can tell you though, yeah. again, back to that question about like, am I telling Jeremy like to do these physical actions? You're a great physical comic. I have mm-hmm. nothing to do with that. I might have told you to lie on the couch and then jump up all of a sudden, but the whole. I don't even have to explain it. The whole way your body is shaking and stuff. Like that that was one thing, actually, when you were on the podcast, people asked me if I could have played a role, which role would it be? Which of course it would be Ari and failing miserably. Of course. Well, canceled. Listen, when we, when we did, when we (laughs) did cancel, there were times when I used to do the, like when we were doing the show and I could really hear what I was saying. But after like an episode, I started hearing like, it stopped being how I would say it poorly. And then I would hear, I, I thought you should say it, even though we would debate hey, whether that was right. Jeremy, did you know that at a certain point, I don't know if maybe you guys, you guys are trying to get Pivot's deal done. Do you know that Doug put himself on tape for Ari? <laughs> well, that was, yeah. <laughs> I know the haters will come out, whatever. I do think the words were nice, but there's, you see a lot of agents and I do sometimes watch in different shows and I go, if Jeremy did that, it actually would be funny, you know? So there is the combination. There is an actor who can make things funny that aren't funny on the page. I still like to think the page was funny, but no, I, I my tape was fucking off. Oh, I mean, but well, how awful. great would it be to watch that? Just, guy? It's not even great. Actually, you'd be like, eh. It'd be great for us, Doug. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't have that, I don't have that, that energy. Which That's I why think, it'd be great for us to watch that. I'll find <laughs> it. I don't have any problem. I'll, I'll show can you imagine if you planted your feet and said, look, it's my show and I'm going to play this role. I think I can pull this off. Well, like I've said in the past, and so everyone understands that, there was no me planting my feet. I couldn't even plant my feet with Jeremy. I wanted <laughs> Jeremy. I'm serious. I don't know if we talked about this on yours, but Jeremy, on a television show, you sign a six-year contract. Jeremy was not going to sign a six-year contract, and HBO was not going to cast Jeremy. Because, well, they are breaking precedent. Yeah, they, even though we all wanted him because they weren't going to do it because what happens if the guy wins fucking three straight Emmys and we don't have a deal with him? But Ari Emanuel, I called Ari, and I said, Ari, I've never been so sure of anything in my life. We have to have him. And Ari called HBO and said, Jeremy Piven is in this show or take my fucking name off of it or something like that. And that's, wow. that's what happened. I so. did not know that. That yep. was a good Ari impression, Doug. I don't that's know. Not as good as Jeremy's. Yeah. But yeah. How many yeah. years was your first contract? Two-year contract. Okay. Yeah. Contract. You were recurring, but you probably had to sign a long contract also. I mean, I don't know. Before season three, yeah. Yeah. So- I-, I was talking about you today. I was doing some press. Watch this transition for a movie that I have coming out in a week. <laughs> tell us. Uh, tell us about the movie. Let's uh, hear about it. Play opposite Bruce Dern and and uh, Taron Manning and kind of slice of life story about the, a group of people that grow up in Philly. And um, it's called Last Call. It comes out on IFC and in, in movie theaters on the 19th. But the reason I bring it up is because, you know, everyone wants to know about Entourage. And we were talking about you and, and the fact that one of the things, one of the many things you do really well is you could, Rex was supposed to, only be on the show for a very finite amount of time. I don't even know how many episodes like you signed on for very, like a few. It was very clear immediately like, uh uh-oh, because you came to play and you were crushing it from the jump. And it was just so funny to see these 
two people having to navigate. They needed each other. Yeah. And they were so different. It was great for Ari's character to have Rex, even though he was verbally abusive. <laughs> again, I look at it as, again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it's okay to speak to anyone like that. Don't be defensive. But I'm not being defensive. It's just like you have hey, to like, say that. Otherwise, you, so- <laughs> okay. otherwise you, you sound like you're like, it's okay to talk like that. But the, the bottom line is he really gave a shit about Lloyd. He really believed he could help him. And he really was going to do anything for him. He just had to get out his stupid shit. And Ari, listen, Ari would say the same things to his wife. Like, can I... I, I don't remember if the line was actually, can I, uh, like, angry fuck you or something or hate fuck you? I don't remember. But it was like uh, something that a conversation that you could only have with your wife. I'm in a really bad mood. Can I just be, like, you know, in a different place? Anyway, we, nobody talks like that. So, Is that true? Straight guys ask their women if they can angry fuck I them? Didn't say they do. I didn't say they do it or they don't do it. I'm just saying that was his character, that he needed what he needed from the people around him, and hopefully he delivered for them as well. You, everybody can decide. Dylan's getting all uncomfortable now. And, and also, by the way, Ari thought when he says these things, he thinks he's genuinely funny. Right. So he's saying it like out of love, like this is my sense of humor. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Not like I'm going to belittle you. So, you know, and so that, so that the, and that's what's the interesting levels and dynamics of it. And if we were ever to like investigate doing this again, it's be interesting to talk about why people say certain things that they say, like what's the actual intent behind it? Is this person homophobic? Is he a racist? Or is there love? And this is his way of communicating. Right. Which is, I think, kind of fascinating. I do too. Mm -hmm. You know, and we did look, we did an episode where Ari had some issues with Lizzie Grant and she was talking about sexual harassment. So we talked about that stuff 15 years ago. So we would Before definitely. It's time. Yeah. If we reboot it ever, like Kevin Dillon's desperate for, we will. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, we Doug, all, the whole world is. I we, see a glimmer of hope in your eye about the reboot where there was just a blank. Yeah. He's talking about a lot more often. There's a blank space Listen, for a long time. You I really like hanging that out that's with everybody. even remotely possible? Like, seriously, all kidding aside, what on a scale of one to ten, what would you say the odds were? I would have said like zero six months ago. I would say it's at a one to ten, I would say 5.7. That it would happen or that you would do it? Oh, that I would do it? It's a lot more likely that I would do it now. If if, if there was real interest in, I would do it. I mean, right. I like I'm enjoying hanging out with everybody again, you know. Right. So if there was real interest, of course I would do it. I mean, it, have you thought yeah. about making an outgoing call? <laughs> I mean, that's probably all it would take. I'm serious, actually. Like I, we we talk about it, but I mean, have you had one of your people go, hey, like throw up a? Flip, you know, what it's interesting. We were, before we got on, we were talking to Jeremy, you know, about just different roles and different things, how you pursue. And it's different, I think, than you and you, I think. I don't think you guys have ever really hardcore pursued a role, which Jeremy is good at doing, going, I'm going to go. think I just stumbled into the notebook, bro? Well, you were friends with Cassavetes. <laughs> but I, I mean, right. I think I right. think, I think, both of you are, we talked about Gary Cole on, on this show, who was one of my favorite actors He's to come great. on this show. But Gary Cole, I wrote a part that was not right for him. His agent called, said he wants to audition. You I like, was like, saw him on a courtesy, right? Well, I was just like, well, I'm going to say no to Gary Cole, but there's no way he's getting this role. And then he walked in and auditioned for me. And I was like, of course, he's getting this role. I'm rechanging it and rewriting the whole thing. But my point is, Jeremy goes after. I'm kind of like you guys. I don't chase people. I've never but done how that. How do you do it? How but do you go after a role? I don't know. Other than Well, Jeremy will call. He'll call you, the director and go, I want to do this role. But, oh, you'll oh, call the actual Jeremy. Jeremy will do a screen nice. test. He'll put himself on tape in a big I, way. You know what I think part of it That's is? Good. good power move. I well, it. I think what it is with Jeremy, which is great. I think you're 
probably more confident in that. I would not want to call HBO and go, I really want to do the reboot. But and they go, we don't. have to say it that I don't way. Know. It's, I, like, I, so forgive me. You're, I love you, that we're talking about this. You're a little, I hate, and I don't mean to call you out right yeah. now, just judge on what you just said. Yeah. You know, you have an incredible history with them. Yeah. You know, whether, the, you know, they want to admit it or not. We yeah. we went for almost a decade yeah. at a movie. Yeah. yeah. And people look at that movie. They don't realize that movie made money. Yeah. You yeah, know, we, we made it for cost and people are still watching the show in heavy rotation. There aren't a lot of shows like that. And, you know, people need content. Yeah. HBO Max, whoever. So is your fear that you might go to them and you'd feel a little vulnerable and then maybe you would get turned down. Because you just said yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, I did say it like that, but it's not, I mean, it's kind of like that, but it's also like, you know, I, I've got that mode of like, go fuck yourself. Like, I did enough. That's nice. That's a good first mm, that's not. That's not the attitude <laughs> to have. That attitude yeah. much. By the way, I would open with that. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. Look at How do you feel here, about rebooting my show? They ripped off shows. No, of, no, it's like, like, they ripped off the bad versions of shows that I did. They fucking passed on a show that yeah, I, keep it rolling, was bro. great that keep I did. Rolling. I'm not going to, listen. You're, I, we're going to reverse. I have <laughs> never in 50 years. all this out. All I'm saying, in 50 <laughs> years of this business, I've never done anything, or whatever it is, 30 years of this business, I've never done anything but bust my Ass. I don't kiss anybody's ass. You I don't, don't ask for kiss anybody's no, no, I'm ass. saying I don't, don't ask for favors. Fuck yourself. They know where I fucking am. If they want to do the show, they can fucking find me. It's yeah, real I'm just simple. Saying, like sometimes you know? that that ego. It's not an ego. Not like your your, your pride. Pride pride will kill you. The pride is what took over the florist shop last (laughs) week when Connolly, did you hear that one? Jeremy Connolly attacked the florist. Don't listen to these guys anymore. I just I like I said. I don't think There's opening with different. go fuck yourself is a good There's, way to do it. There's two different questions. Am I calling anybody? I'm going, I'm really excited for this. Here's my idea for the show. No, it's not happening. Am I spending time going, what's the reboot look like? No. But if HBO called and said, you know what? We're interested. You want to start thinking about what it would be like? Yeah, what's it look then like? Then I would start thinking about it. That's all. I, I mean. But you, the call's not, you're not going to make the call. I am you're, not. You're waiting for the call. I'm not. You know, like Ari and uh, Terrence when he's going, come upstairs, come downstairs. Remember that? Like, yeah. You know? Nah, no. By the way, Jeremy will make the call with the three fucking Emmys and go, listen, stop disrespecting <laughs> us and hiding Maybe we get Dylan and That's Pivot what I was on a say. You and me, bro. I just did a little. Uh, By the way, yeah. I just sent well, Con- I sent Conley down with a fucking vase full of flowers to fucking <laughs> threaten everybody at HBO. That would be What's interesting is that now you know we have podcasts and and we're connecting to people in a way that we never did before. So the networks and various people have analytics they've never had. Correct. Yeah. So they can mm-hmm. see in real time. Well, wait a minute, hold on. You guys are number one. Mm-hmm. In various countries, yep. like out of all the podcasts in the world, I thought you were kidding when you told me that. Mm. I was like, "What?" Yeah, we're hitting number one in weird places. Yeah, but I mean, it's like there are yeah. thousands of podcasts, millions, millions, one point okay. two million. Oh, there you go. Okay, wow. so, so for you know, th- this is interesting analytics. So they can go away. Hold on a second. You guys are are you, you know your fans haven't gone anywhere. Right. In fact, there are more than before. Yeah. So I just think this is in- interesting information yeah. that can arm them. Yeah. We have and by the way, I would never podcast. tell you what to do, Doug. But I will say this: you guys don't have enough time for me to tell you my <laughs> journey about learning how important it is to put your ego aside. Yeah. And this is not me telling you what to do. No, no, I know. I'm just telling you right now, man. Um, and I, I'm going to get really deep and probably have to, I'm going to start crying That's and then okay. Rex will have to cradle me like a child. <laughs> Let's do it. Which I will do. Okay. Let, Let it go. Hold him crying like go. a... What's that? What's that? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. No, but all Conley cares about his ratings. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but I, I think that we're living in a time right now where we all know that we've contributed and we've worked our asses off. And I think you're operating from a place of logic, mm-hmm. right? And there's not a lot of logic in our arena. There just isn't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So you're coming from the wrong place. Yeah. Yes, they I should. I always do. But but they should be coming to you. <laughs> yeah. the, the reality is, like, listen, they, they're doing a reboot of Saved by the Bell, okay? <laughs> yeah. I think they're putting the accent on the wrong syllable <laughs> at this point, if you know what I mean, <laughs> right? Do we need that? I don't know. I don't know if we need that, right? Yeah. Jeremy, but, do you remember Kate and Allie, the sitcom from the 80s? Oh, I hope they're bringing it back. They're bringing it back. <laughs> oh, God. great. I back. hope Queen Latifah plays every role. <laughs> wow. Is that wrong? Wonder- Please cut that out. <laughs> Welcome back from the break. We got Jeremy Piven and Rex Lee, and we got Kevin Dillon, who cannot get into Lowry's Steakhouse. Is that a joke? Do they know you're on this podcast? Walk, Kevin, getting into a lot of restaurants up. right now. Kevin, if you walk up, you and Amy walk up, you're going to get into Lowry's. They're, they're going to go put your mask on. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll yep. see you, bro. Bring, see I, those I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to try for it. Bring Rex with you. You'll walk right in. What is she? She wants Yorkshire she pudding. Wants Yorkshire. I mean, she's, I, she's English. She wants Yorkshire pudding. She English? hasn't added to. Yeah, you know that. I'm with an accent. Cornwall. Does she have an accent? Yes, dude. Wow, Dude, you, you did meet Amy. Man. I mean, come on. I was, by the way, I was high as hell the night Amy yeah, was too singing. Many animals Maybe we that shouldn't night, have yeah? you making the call to HBO Max. To HBO Max. <laughs> like, hey guys, it's uh, it's, uh what's my name again? <laughs> I, before we get back into this episode, I do, I do want to because I thought we were onto something nice here that Jeremy was saying, like. Is there a world, Doug, where it doesn't have to be like a begging and pleading thing, but maybe just saying like, hey, I'm open to like talking or something. You There's know? only like, one person who needs to make the call, and that's Mark. If Mark calls Mark HBO Walmart. and says, hey, why don't we do a reboot? We'll all have offers by Thursday. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. All right. So, all right. You know, so everybody on your Instagram, instead of harassing Adrian, harass Mark. <laughs> Send them all to Mark. Start adding Mark Wahlberg. That should be great. <laughs> the simplest thing is I'm supposed to do this show in England. Like Jeremy did a show in England in four years. We'll see what happens. But I would love to get this group back together. It's awesome. It's fun when we see each other. And and it's it's very different than it was six months ago when I was like, mm-hmm. I, you know, we've moved on and this and that. So I feel good about it. And I'm glad people listen to podcasts. Keep spreading the word. All right. So what let's- about you, Rex? Would you do it? Yeah, for the right money. <laughs> <laughs> his money yeah. went up. His, his quota went way up. Can you imagine yeah. what like the movies held up because Rex wants whatever Connolly is getting. He wants the same thing. But, but Rex, you're only movie. working four days. Connolly's working 40. Don't care. That's what I'm <laughs> We're not talking movie. We're talking like eight episodes on HBO Max. And Jeremy's right. Everybody needs content. Well, that's also the other thing. You were talking about the movie that it made a little money, whatever. If the movie was made today, it would have been on HBO Max and it would have been wildly successful. And we wouldn't have gotten all the bullshit that we got. And I never wanted to make the movie. I wanted to make another season, which is another reason why we were their highest rated half hour by a lot when they decided they didn't want to make it anymore. So, yeah. Do I spend my time bitter about it? But no, I'm not like so grateful to them. I worked hard. They gave us some money and we did well for them. And Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Well, they win the most because they're still the gatekeepers. But what, why I love the podcast world, and Jeremy has a podcast coming now, the gatekeepers are going away. We do what we want to do here and people will find us interesting or they won't and then we'll go do other things. What? Jeremy's got a great stand-up career going. Rex is on shows. Dylan's playing Reagan. Connolly can't get I'm a fucking acting Reagan. job, but other than that, it's all good. You Let know? me ask you a question. Do yeah. you think it's come up at HBO Max, an HBO Max staff meeting? I do. I do. How long do you think that conversation lasted? <laughs> I think it's getting longer by the week. That's what I think. 
That was a good beat. I think yeah. that was the most clear and honest we've all been about the potential or non-potential. I'm yeah. glad we talked mm-hmm. about it. And by the way, this episode, we're talking about ego and things like that, which is really real Hollywood stuff. And that's the center of this episode and what Ari is dealing with. This boss who's come back and Jeremy, who built this entire company, is now having it taken out from under him by this guy who just decided he wants to come back. So, you know, how did you approach that? Malcolm McDowell, who I want on the podcast, who I did... DM because he's on Instagram, but I know he hasn't seen it yet. But how I do, because I, I, you see it when it says seen. You know how you know, uh, Connolly. This is why you don't have a fucking blue check at Action Mark. You don't know how it works. But Malcolm is such a great actor and such an intimidating presence and uh, clockwork orange, etc. What was that like when you're coming into the scene, which that first scene where you guys debate who's going upstairs, he humiliates you at the staff meeting, actually. So what, what were you thinking like that? We really haven't seen Ari on his back foot at this point. No, but we can go back a little bit further. Like you remember you, it was just so fascinating. You would call me to go and talk to these guys. Whenever we would have like a character actor, for some reason you would call me. So I'd have to go with a big gun. I would have <laughs> the big gun. I'd have to go to dinner with, with Malcolm. You know, oh, I've been on the other end of that too, Jeremy. Doug gets nervous. He needs a buffer. You yeah. came, didn't you? Wasn't it me, you, no. Jeremy? No? No, no not that one. There. I've been the, I was the LeBron So anyway, buffer. listen, I want, I always want the actors to be comfortable. And also I got, you know, a fucking star. I wanted to bring him with Malcolm. I didn't know how he was going to be, but he was, he was, he was sweet, relatively, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> how was your relationship with Malcolm McDowell? Wait, I thought Malcolm was uncomfortable in the beginning. Is, am I wrong about that? Uncomfortable as far as what? As, I don't know, in our space. Like, I thought he was uncomfortable in the beginning. Oh, I don't think so. We went no? to dinner. He seemed okay. very comfortable. Jeremy's got something to say. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Jeremy's choosing I, his uh, words. By the way, I got it on. I'm looking at it on camera. It's amazing. This shot right now. Well, well, tell us, Jeremy. Uh, look, it, here, here, here's, here's the reality. The reality is that, like, he's such a good actor, and he was so perfect. I remember you wrote it for Terrence Stamp, and that's why the character's called Terrence. And we were lucky to get Malcolm. It was a great foil for Ari because there was no one above him. So it was great to see that, the dynamics of that power struggle. And it worked incredibly well. And he fueled me. And What are was, you hiding? What are you hiding? I mean, what are you hiding? This is the place. There's, I mean, no, did, did I, Malcolm McDowell sexually harass you? No. No, <laughs> no I mean, listen, I, we all grew up watching Clockwork Orange. So it was an honor to, to mix it up with him. And he was, he was great. This is the funny thing. Jeremy took a fucking bath. Wait, hold on. Jeremy took a fucking bathroom break and suddenly he's shy. What happened with Malcolm (laughs) McDowell? Nothing happened with Malcolm. He was. Is he a method guy? Is he a method actor? Uh, Sometimes if people are method, you know, they'll. There'll be a little tension between actors. I don't know. Did he have a method? Yeah, let me say this, and Jeremy can deny everything. (laughs) I thought there was friction between the two of you in the beginning. Oh. That's all I got to say. Social clip. The only thing I know. (laughs) Here's what the only thing I know. (laughs) Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Connelly is going to cut together these reaction shots and throw me under the bus. By the way, these reaction shots are going to be as good as the stand-ups. The only thing I remember, we went to dinner and Malcolm goes, which we can say this because we know your show was good because they've remade it three times. But Malcolm goes, Jeremy, I'm going to do a bad Please, no, I was going to say, this is going to be <laughs> Jeremy, we worked together before. I was on this terrible show, Fantasy Island, and you followed it with your terrible show, uh, uh, Cupid. And Jeremy goes, that wasn't a terrible show. And Malcolm goes, oh, yes, it was. <laughs> so that I remember. That was our opening kind of. That's just his sense of humor, obviously. Yeah. Right? 
But I think he, Rex is thinking deeper. You felt it. It was palpable. Well, it's it's interesting what Dylan says. Maybe he was. He knew what the role was. Maybe he was coming and throwing up. Yeah, no, I, I've been with actors who do that. And uh, it's it's weird. It's awkward because I don't do that personally. But uh, Jeremy has the exact answer of what he thinks is going on. And I've never heard it. What was it? You're a regular Howard Stern, Doug. Look at you <laughs> going right for it. Uh, I, Kev, KD, I think, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, I don't know his process and he might, mm-hmm. he might be method. All I know is that th- there was a little friction and I could never put my finger on it, but he's a genius. So he mm-hmm. did get that out of me. Yeah. There was always, I was always thrown off with him and I don't, I can't put my finger on it. So he was kind of manipulating me in this amazing way <laughs> so that when you yelled action, I just, I let loose on that guy. Possible you, slight bit of jealousy on his part. Maybe I, I have no clue. Why would he be jealous? He's an icon. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably it. I bet he was doing I don't think a, he's got three in a row doing a method thing. You know, Val Kilmer would do that. So, you know, with the band members, so at times in the doors, you're, you're talking in the, during doors. the doors. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. What would he do? Well, you know, I was a band member, so we didn't. There wasn't a lot of hatred, but he would do it with certain uh, certain actors. Like what specifically would he do? Well, he would just kind of snub certain people, or wow. people would think he didn't like them because his character didn't like that person. It's interesting. I, I mean, mean not just Val. This is a lot of actors. I've watching, seen a lot of actors. In watching the episode yesterday, I didn't know about any of that, but I feel it. Like the way you walk out of that staff meeting, and again, you're such a good actor. I don't know what's what's happening with your real Jeremy Pivot and what you're acting, but you feel real humiliation when he throws you out of that staff meeting and the way you react to it. It really is. It's it's a brilliant performance. It really That's is. That's what like you and that, your friends uh, are going to try to do to me here at Action Park, Doug. That's how I oh, worry. We're already trying. I mean, we're already trying to take over. We got Piven's podcast. We throw you Jerry, right out of Rex, here. These guys are like trying to do a hostile takeover on me already. They're trying to hold my feet to the fire and take over my company and lock me out. Well, I mean, it's interesting. You, you just brought up something that made me think of something like while we were doing Entourage, you know, we we worked for most of the year, but there was a little little bit of hiatus we had. My agent would say to me, he goes, I'm getting interesting reactions around town while Entourage is on. I go, what's up? He said, well, the feedback I'm getting is that you're I'm not making this up. Your performance is, is, is too good and they, they don't think it's acting. <laughs> that's what the they don't wow. think it's acting wow. and i'm going okay that's um that i, I was trying i couldn't i was trying to like literally because you want to you want to figure it out okay well, what is it it's not a documentary it's written by doug ellen <laughs> it's like what is going I mean, on as an actor that should be a great compliment right i mean think, that would be you would think you're so you're playing i played a role very authentically and you believed it yeah and because you believed it, you thought it was a little too real. Now let's mm. hold that against you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is, though. Yes. That's the incredible thing about this business. It's an incredible compliment, and it's also a way to box somebody into something. And listen, we're all guilty of it. I watched Cheers every episode 400 times. When Woody Harrelson was cast in Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers, I was like, is this a fucking joke? And then I watched the movie, and I was like, oh, my God. This guy, like, he's not Woody. He's not Woody. <laughs> like, this no. guy, I don't know who he is, but this guy's not Woody. And I think all of you guys, I mean, listen, people ask me every day, is Kevin Dillon Johnny drama? I can't say it enough. Of course, there's some essence of him. Of course, you have some energy that's a little Ari, but neither of you are anything really like those guys. Mm-hmm. And Leave Con- me out of it. Don't look at me. Like, I don't even. I mean, Connolly is... Leave me out of it. I'm sitting here for a reason. <laughs> I get in the booth for a reason. What were you saying, Rex? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is... 
the ultimate compliment and the ultimate way to stuff you into a box where you can't get out until somebody else gives you the right role that lets you show something completely well, different. Yeah, until you're not, right? You're typecast until you're not. No, and it's no. that simple. But it's hard to get out of. It really is. And, and the more time that goes by, the harder it is. And it's just that simple. And Jeremy did a show which was pretty critically acclaimed for four years. Yeah. But because the right people maybe didn't watch it, it becomes like, okay, okay, it's Ari. Let's go back to that. So I think it's yeah. it's the tragedy of the business and at the same time, the compliment of the work that you guys did. Because like I said, there's no one on the face of this fucking earth that could have been better than either of you at those roles. What are you saying? I was <laughs> <laughs> saying I could have... I did put myself on for Egypt. And, <laughs> and Rex, no one could have played Lloyd better. No. Well, I mean, in hindsight, it's a, no. you think back, it's like it would be, it would, by the way, it, it wouldn't have happened, right? If there would have been some other guy that was all of a sudden playing Lloyd, it would have just fizzled out. And the next season, there would have been somebody. You were going to just keep trying people until somebody hit. Rex yeah. hit. Yeah, and hit Rex, an of course, of course, week. Rex, you did hit an upper deck shot. But the five guys, it was imperative that all of them were right, and they were. They were all right, and there was a reason that people season one, they knew you for the most part, and they knew Kevin a little bit, but a lot of people did think it was a documentary. They were like, is this, a, like, what is this show? And and I used to, my insecurities used to get really upset when people were like, are they making up every word that they write? I'm like, no, they're not fucking making it up. I sit here all day and night so they can complain about it. A lot of the good ones were improv. A lot of the good ones are improv. <laughs> I'm going to get, by the way, I'm going to get some other asshole on Apple. I want everyone to understand. Yo, just bring Jeremy and Rex up to speed. So, you know, you can, you can <laughs> review the podcast on Apple. There's thousands of like great reviews. And like one guy calls Doug a jerk off and Doug's actively hunting for him. <laughs> Doug want, wants uh, his head on. I know that's, Jeremy's that's, the same. By the way, that's that the head of HBO healthy. Max. <laughs> that's the head of HBO Max that wrote that. But my point was, just so everyone can hear it clearly, the most important thing on a television show the fucking actors. It's not a question. It's not a maybe because you can have some bad scripts thrown in with some really good ones and the right actors, people don't go, you know, they don't go, oh, that episode was really terrible. That episode was this. They start to love these guys and we were fortunate enough to get the right people. And, and this, the next show that you wrote, did you have, because you work with some eccentric actors, did, did you have a perspective? Did you love us more? After working with them? The show that I did after, Michael Imperioli, Michael Rappaport, and Eddie Burns were fucking amazing. It was like similar to this. It was just like my boys, and it was great. There was another actor on it. It was a little more out there. Complicated. A little, little, little complicated. But uh, the the way I write is usually Slow. kind of... It's kind of the world I know. So I kind of look for people that I would probably, I'm not like I'm looking for friends outside the show, but I am looking for people that kind of represent people that I like in real life. And I think if I went to high school with these guys, we would have been friends. I mean, you know, Dylan's shaking his head like, I don't Dylan's know. Dylan's like, I, I would have taken, taken, taken your lunch money. Lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> Give me <your> milk money. <laughs> I morons. I do have a great appreciation. And I did from the get-go. Even when we had battles, I had a great appreciation for the cast. And the only time I had one fight with you, Jeremy, once where I was like, I'm going to fucking get Robert Downey Jr. to play Ari. That was the only guy on <laughs> earth that I could think of that like... Well, you threatened if, me with Seth Green, which I didn't think was <laughs> very fair either. More into this episode, just so we can wrap. Did you watch the episode? Doug, today? You watched it today? I watched it yesterday. Okay. I've watched it twice, actually, in the last couple of days. And and like I said, 13 and 14, I thought both were phenomenal. And the scene, which everybody wants to hear you guys talk about, the scene in the car, which is a real, in my mind, a revelation for these two characters, 
which Rex has talked about on the podcast before. He didn't understand the, the choice of that car. <laughs> it makes me laugh so freaking I hard. I mean, I, I just, you know, it, it just shows a different side of Rex that, that like this guy making no money somehow, like this is his little passion, these weird fucking race cars. But but anyway, that scene, um, do you guys remember it at all when we were filming it? And I'm talking about outside the house, Ari's punched the wall, he's got ice on They're his hammered. hand, he's drinking. <laughs> uh, and now it's like, he's got to go in to see his wife. And, and who's his buddy that he's fucking turning to? That's what I love about it. Like, mm-hmm. he's not calling some other guy that he hangs out with or some agent. He's like sitting there with his assistant, you know? And that's one of the many things I loved about the whole show is you're, you're first of all, you put these unlikely characters together and then they kind of need each other. My character's hammered and we're in your race car and we're bonding. And it was just like, you know, and we made it work. So, you know, I think from then on, I could be wrong. We felt like you, and you can maybe attest to this, that like, we could really go there. Yeah. You know, and we could pull a lot off that maybe on the page, you'd be like, oh, can we pull this off? Yeah. But it was great. And it deepened our relationship so that like you, you earned it so that like I could go really bad on him. You know what I mean? Because we had, we then we have this relationship mm-hmm. and we have this bond. I do remember that scene. It was great. It was really fun. Awesome. Yeah. You probably don't remember, but 13 and 14 were Mm cross-boarded. So that scene in the car outside his house, that's the last scene we shot in season two. Right. And so when they called cut, season's done. Oh, wow. Interesting. I don't know. It was just, it was just really electric that night. What what was the song too? There was a great song. Stevie Wonder. Wonder. That's right. Yeah. Did you get a little dance number Scott Venner did not pick. uh, That was me, by the way. Little dance number, Jeremy. Uh, it's moving your feet pretty well there. Cutting the rug. Absolutely. That I was did, awesome. You know, Doug had me do a lot of things that I did, don't do. You know, he's like, no, you're going to sing. I'm like, I don't sing. He's like, no, you're going to sing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna butcher Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. But it all worked out. Thank God. I fucking, I, I loved it. I really watched that scene. And it's like, I had nothing to do with it. It's just watching two and Perry, three great yes. actors with a great song. And it gave me this feeling of like, I can't believe this is Entourage. Like, this is emotional. This is real. This is what every person has gone through at some point when they lost a job that they cared about or felt like they let their family down. And I thought it was great. Kyle, looks like he's ready no, to No, I'm up. saying it, it was emotional. And, and it's funny you're saying that those, Rex was saying about those episodes being cross-boarded. The thing that struck me about the finale, again, you know, just like watching the show back, actually has a... Drops completely out of business mode, Ari, to tell E, like, look, you know, this guy's going to need somebody when his world crumbles and it will That's crumble. Right. That's right. Be there. That was the, finale. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, nice. think, I think all of it is is the same kind of themes that we always talk about. It's all about friendship, family, loyalty, and and everybody is in this show pretty much loyal to a fault. I mean, they really do stick out for each other. And, and I think you see that in Ari in that show. Number one, he's with Rex. And number two, Vince's career looks like it's going to be over. And he still is making that point to you that, like, this guy's going to need you because he's really fucking it all up. And even though his life is going in the toilet, he's still looking out for everybody else. But we are in agreement that Vince's career is over if he backs out of James Cameron's Aquaman three days before. Three days before, and he's not having a medical For no reason. He's he's not going to work regularly. (laughs) Did you guys both watch it? How good was Cameron's acting? Am I crazy? I mean, he was excellent. Commands the attention of the scene. I bet he did a great job. I think we were really lucky. To I just him. like to imagine him running his lines with somebody, you know, <laughs> who I don't question. know. I have no idea. Jeremy. Come uh, on, let's get back to it, Rex. What tension did you sense with Malcolm McDowell? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think we've covered that. Jeremy, do you know that Connolly? So after 
Sir Cameron, James Cameron did the show. Connolly got an audition for Avatar. No, it wasn't an audition, bro. It was a screen test. A screen test. Where was that screen it test? It was in his kitchen. Have you ever had a screen test in a kitchen, Jeremy or Rex? No, that's. I choked. I choked big time. He Con- was like rolling around on the floor with a video camera, like looking at me from different angles. And I, and I just, I wasn't prepared for it to be in this kitchen. Who and got it, that role again? Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, he's good. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> I felt it's- he was pulling a, an Ari, really. I thought he was doing a little, little Ari thing in there. Wait, who? Who? Yeah, Giovanni, G- you're right. Yeah, did he? Like did Giovanni you not feel like he was off. doing a little uh, a little knockoff of Ari? An avatar. A little bit. Wow. It was a little, little homage to yeah. Ari, yeah. yeah. I felt yeah, that. Like, yeah, loud and Yeah, maybe knockoff's not the right word. but uh. he, was, he was great. But by, uh, no, G- Giovanni's one of those actors, though, which you've probably dealt Your theater, everything else. Most of the actors I've worked with bring some form of themselves that I can see who they are. Giovanni and Adam Goldberg were two guys that, like, they're so fucking good, but I don't I don't know anything about them after hanging out with them like for however long I did. I couldn't tell you a, a thing. They seem to really be like, we're here, we're creating a character, and we're, you know. Some people are like that. I mean, what do you really know about Reese, Doug? I mean, I know you guys eat dumplings once in a while, but for the most part, do you know Reese? I know Reese. I mean, I'm not going to say I know him. Well, well, I, I think I know Reese. I, I know, you know, other interests he has. Yeah, I've had a lot of time with Reese. Giovanni and Goldberg, who we have to get both of them on this, but... Uh, Good luck. You know? <laughs> They're not, They're, not podcast They're not getting kale salads. I can tell you that much. I tried to get Charlie Sheen on today. I was told he doesn't like podcasts. What do you think about that, Jeremy? You going to get him on your podcast? <laughs> Let's Jeremy, go into that, Earl. What's up with the podcast? Yeah, what is up with your podcast? And Rex was on it? Rex and I had a great time uh, doing How You Live in Jay Piven. And uh, it has been in gridlock for a year. I'm not making that number up. 12 months. We just signed it. And so it will be released. And we had a great, a great time hanging out. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to throw my hat in the in the podcast world. And I hope that you guys will all come and do my podcast. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. By the way, who's let's you should be come interesting to, to see Park. who gets that invite. But, uh. <laughs> the day you called in when Rex was here and you were with Tyson. That was a trip. It that was, it was a trip because I don't know. We were just talking and then you, there you are. You're on <laughs> yeah, what, time with Mike Tyson. Well, let's talk about that. What, what are you doing with Mike Tyson? Because I for a minute, I thought you're on his like you and him have a podcast. I don't know what's happening. All I know is that I went there. They said, uh, hey, Mike wants to see an interview for his podcast. I was like, I love Mike. That's incredible. So we had an, an unbelievable time. Mike likes to take a great deal of mushrooms while we're doing. <laughs> wow. Not yeah. mushrooms. I did see him smoking 1, weed. 1,000%. Wow. smoking weed as well, right? Nice. There's a lot of herbal medication uh, <laughs> that is being taken. And he, he just goes through. He goes through me, through me, through me. <laughs> and he just starts gobbling handfuls oh of mushrooms. And I thought it was like a prop. I was like, what's going on right now? And he just, yeah, I just take mushrooms and they're wonderful. And sometimes I take the toad and you go inward and you face yourself. They're wonderful. Would you like some mushrooms? And I was like, oh, brother, I think, I think I'm all right for now. Uh, but I go because you know, my, my reference for mushrooms and they were my favorite, but they're very dirty. And, 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 and at this moment, you don't know when it's You like them with end. oysters, but yeah. not when you're eating them. Right. He goes, he goes, no, these are, I'm just microdosing and, you know, they're just, they're, 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 they're just delicious and they're very clean. They're amazing. And he, but he says microdosing, but he's taking handfuls of yeah. them. Yeah. So imagine Mike Tyson is peeking on mushrooms. Yeah. So we're hanging out, we're having a great time. And then they're like, hey, will you come back? And so I just kept coming back and being his co-host and we were interviewing all these. Oh, you were. All right. So oh, I was, I was co 
co-hosting, and we yeah. interviewed Bill Burr and, and Saquon and, Barkley. By the way, everyone has fucking everyone has Bill Barr except us. I mean, he follows you on Instagram. Just ask him to do it. Mike Tyson's interviewing Saquon Barkley, and it's I mean, it's it's it's. Out I didn't there. even see it, I, but Jeremy's the, the co-watch an episode over to Jeremy. And Jeremy. I mean, it's a hilarious clip. You're like, I don't know where, I don't know. I'm just here sitting on the couch. That interview, you have to understand, Mike is peeking on mushrooms and he's a truth machine. So he's just like, you know, know, who are you? What's going on? (laughs) Like, and and Saquon's like, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to get healthy. He goes, no, but I mean, you know, who do you, do you love anyone right now? (laughs) Like, you know, what's, what's going on? I want you to look in that camera and tell, tell your baby's mama that you love her. What, you know, what's And like, it going, am I right, Kevin? Like, it's going so deep. It was incredible. And, And then at one point. You know, they're like, oh, so Jeremy, how did Jeremy get involved? And Mike's like, I don't know. He's just here. He's just, <laughs> he's just always here. And like, I, and I, and like it's just, bro, it's so surreal. So you're not the co-host. I, I, I was co-hosting. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, listen, they're insanely busy. You know, they're announcing new fights coming up. They, 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 Tiafimo Lopez, the pound for pound best fighter in the world to sign with them. They got, you know, it's just madness over there. It's going a million miles an hour. And, you know, I, I'm involved with them and it's an honor because it's just, he's fascinating. He's a truth machine. You know, you get great episodes and Saquon and everyone that sits, Bill Burr was freaked. You know, he didn't know what was going on. And, and Tyson's like talking to Bill Burr. He's like, you know, well, what's going on with you? What's really going on? Take some mushrooms. And Bill's like, nah, I don't know. I don't want to take mushrooms. And I'm, and, and he, and he just looks at me and he goes, and I go, you should, they're amazing. And, you know, you get to go inward and, yeah, it's very, very surreal what's going on. But everyone that does the podcast, they they kind of have this moment where they're confronted in a very great way. And Bill's like, "You guys stop, you know, stop beating up on me right now." And and Tyson just wants to go, you know, why why are you so angry, Bill? What's going on? So, did someone hurt you? What's you know? And, and Bill's like, "Yeah, I don't know. My dad, my dad, he's uh, he was rough. Yeah, I grew up in Boston. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough tough time." Hey, don't look at me like that, you know? And like, you know, we're just smoking cigars. We're having a great time. And we were interviewing the dog whisperer. And, you know, you said, hey, can you call in? We got Rex. I didn't want to let you guys down. I wasn't like trying to like take a victory lap, no pun intended. (laughs) Um, But I was like, okay, I'm supposed to call in. I guess I'll call in now. And I just happened to be sitting with Mike Tyson on Cesar Milan, the dog whisperer's property. And there we were. And so thanks for taking our call. Listen, that was was surreal and phenomenal. Tyson said, you know, Doug was doing the protest COVID beard. And Tyson (laughs) said, yeah, Doug, we're getting old looking. Doug shows up the next day with a clean face. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Tyson said we looked old. (laughs) I mean, I loved it. It was surreal. And it's funny how you create your own scenarios because Colin's like, what what is Jeremy doing with Tyson? I'm like, they're like best friends. I don't know. Every day they're together and this and that. I'm like, they're going to, you're telling me they're going to FaceTime us. Okay. Well, (laughs) Jeremy FaceTimes and he's got Tyson. Let's get him on the air. It's it's just unreal. So how you live in Jay Piven is coming to a podcast. soon. To cast, K-A-S-T, cast. How soon? Um, as soon as they will release it. I've got a number of episodes. I'm very excited. You know, I've got Rex and Jamie Foxx and Tiffany Haddish and Mark Cuban and, you know, all the all these amazing people. Comment. Can we get a booker here? I was I mean, going to say, if you want me to jump in and help get this thing over the goal line, let me know. Yeah, comment. Yeah, yeah, no, comment. Connie will bring you some fucking guests. I mean, I, I mean, every one of those people we should be having. But anyway, and you will. Yeah, someday. we, we will. We're all in this together. We are. For love that, I like that. Yes. I like that. You see that, Connolly? We're all in this together. We all rise together. Don't don't let ego get in the way of the reboot, bro. 
Yeah. I would rather do How You Live in Jay Piven. We get to talk. <laughs> you know what? We get to talk how we want. We right. get to what we want. And honestly, I, I've said this before for everyone out there. Podcasts are such a good thing for your business, whatever it is. Jeremy's doing stand-up tours now. Every day I'm getting Instagram messages from people talking about how great you are. I want to ask you about that. I started as a stand-up. I quit early on. Doug, you were a stand-up for about 14 seconds. I, it, was, it, was, it was a week. I was a stand-up, and it is, it is without question the hardest thing in the business as far as I'm concerned. What, what made you do it? How is it going? And, and is it something like you really want to be like Jerry Seinfeld, who's got $400 billion, still wants to be out on the road all the time. So does Jay Leno. Jay Leno, they do it every week. They love it. Bill, uh, right. Bill Maher also. I hated it because I hate people. So I didn't like it. <laughs> but do you, do you love doing it? I do, I do love doing it. And listen, they've been doing it forever. And, and obviously Seinfeld is one of these guys that, you know, it, it's a science to him. And he's that's he's addicted to it, and he's brilliant at it. You know, I'm a uh, listen. Those guys, I've 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 sat down, I've interviewed a lot of them. I've it's like uh, I threw myself into this. You know, did been doing five to eight shows a week, 250 shows a year. Wow. You know, and so like I knew that it's not enough to come from a improvisational background and be a performer and be a you know a, an actor for however many decades, right? So like you got to really study the form and. And just get out there and 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 once again put your ego aside and be okay with bombing. You got to be okay with bombing. You really and do. And bro, it's you know it's just one of these humiliating moments where you're like you know everything every fiber in your being is like get off stage right now. It's not going well. Just you don't need to do this. And you fight through it and you get better. And you know so it's it's incredibly rewarding. And you know me, I like to write. And I would come to you and pitch ideas and and different things. So I've been kind of doing this for years. And so now this is a, a great chance to kind of, you know, you're, you're a one man show and you're writing all the material. So you're writing all your own material. Absolutely. Awesome. 1000 Takes guts. Takes guts. It really does, man. I don't have the heart for it. I don't. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> right back there. Yeah. You worked with the uh, Kirk Fox for a little bit too. My love, buddy Kirk. I love Kirk. He's, he's great. He's a, another like total pro. Yeah. Gets yeah. up there and, and he, he and I have very different styles. Yeah. You know, and listen, I do, I do act outs and impressions. I talk about running lines with my mom for entourage. <laughs> you know what I mean? So selfishly, it's a way for also the audience to see who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of, you know, reveal that, you know, I'm a human being. I have a mom, you know what I mean? And um, so there are organic ways to do that. And you do observational stuff. And, you know, you guys will have to, you know, on the 12th, never come see me perform. When, when are you, <laughs> when are you here? Want Jeremy's to. <laughs> not going to walk out on the stage and say, I'd like to start off by saying, go fuck yourself. He's going to start and try to endear the audience. Uh, I, I, I did it. I, you know, I raised money for my first short film doing uh, stand-up. Mike DeLuca, <laughs> VP of New Line, gave me money. And, and honestly, it was probably... Uh, it was probably my natural calling more than sitting in a room writing by myself. I mean, but I just, I just hated the anxiety of it. And I was drinking and getting on the stage hammered. And, you know, it's just, it's a very anxiety. And exactly what you said, which the Seinfeld doc was great and showed things about Jerry doing the same material in two different places and the different reaction to it. So once you get confident with your material, you have to kind of ignore the crowd, which I could never do. Rex, yeah. do you think you could ever do stand-up? Oh, no. I'm so frightened. What if somebody so wrote difficult. you, like, knew you and wrote the material? And You know, if someone wrote it, then maybe. I mean, yeah. I, I always say one of my favorite things about being an actor is knowing that there are days when I'm going to go to this place and for a limited amount of time, someone else told me to say all this stuff. I don't have to think about what to say for a few hours of oh. that day. 
I love I've always that. been saying, Doug, write me something. I'll do any kind of stand-up you want. I would oh, love to see you. If you can write that. it, I'll do it. Well, imagine Dylan opening for Piven. That would be a there little fucking be a show right there. Oh, well, shit. That's, I mean, that's a little put tour across country. There you go. Can you do a tight eight minutes, Dylan? Tee it up? Can Doug write it? That's the question. <laughs> I could totally write eight minutes well, for let's you. Let's do it, bro. Much easier than I could get on the stage. I know I could deliver. I know you could. 100%. Dylan, we need the workshop. What about a podcast, Rex? we get you in a podcast? I don't know. It's, uh, are you guys working hard? Are you having fun? I, it's fun. I, I have a great time. I mean, Connolly thinks it's the hardest thing in That's the world. Dylan true. can't no, get here from Malibu, right. but, you know, it's <laughs> fucking, to me, it's a great time. You, and you that, guys didn't notice that, that Connolly just is literally trying to groom Rex right now for <laughs> yet another one of his, he's trying to put you in his stable. I'm trying to, yeah. I mean, we got dumb. This is what he does. I mean, you know, dumb. like you, you don't realize it's happening, which, by the way, I just realized I probably have a ticket out there. The parking here I is like oh, you know, a fucking nightmare and uh, and no food comes to us. But look, I, Rex is thinking. Rex has the wheels turning. Let him answer the question. Rex, <laughs> no, what do you think? He was talking about parking. I was thinking about my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this was if great. If podcast but, fell in your lap, Rex. You'll make it. You'll, you'll call his agent. Call his agent. So. <laughs> This was great. The money's right. We're wrapping up. I am going to try to get Jeremy to do some some fucking podcast karaoke. The people are asking oh, for it. What are you okay. wanting him to do exactly? People want to hear those therapy ramps. They want okay. to hear them. They want to see them. Whether you remember that dialogue? <laughs> you we, remember? We, we, we don't well, know. <laughs> I did. I, I somehow did memorize that. I don't know. It's how, amazing. But. So who's playing the therapist? Are you playing the therapist? It's his anger. It's his anger. He's uh, listen. I, I'm a I'm a very calm person. You know. I mean, whether it be in business or you know a social situation, uh, I'm I'm very very calm. And my wife, who I I love dearly, um, she she likes to nag. So and I I, I respond to the nagging. Yeah. Oh, I ask for one hour a week for his undivided attention. Is that too much to ask for? Well, you can have it if you want to live in you know, Agora fucking hills. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to go to group therapy, right? But if you want a Beverly Hills mansion and you, and, you, and you want a country club membership and you want nine weeks in a Tuscan villa, you're going to have to let me pick up a call when it comes in at noon on a motherfucking Wednesday. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take this. Lloyd! There better be a fucking Scud missile heading towards us, or I will choke you out with a fucking strap on. <laughs> <laughs> he destroyed. <the> <laughs> By the way, you see that the guy can bring it on a on a dime. Is there any shot that you remember that other therapy scene? Which I don't know if I had a line on. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, what, you gonna make him do another but, scene? But, like I made him. Hold on. Hold on. Like for, I control him. For the record, my mother has been been doing your role. Mm-hmm. For a decade. <laughs> and, my, and then my mom also gives me notes. There better be a Scud missile heading towards us. Yoko. No, I said, said Yoko later. Sorry. It was an improv. I'm, I'm, I'm butchering Doug's language. and he's fucking That's all right. That's he's all right. twitching. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't even remember it anymore. There better be a Scud missile heading towards us or I'll choke you out with a fucking strap on. And my mom's like, it's good. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, let, <laughs> but we're not in a pretty good business. <laughs> Let's go again. And this time when you say strap on, I want I, I want you to I want you to make it more specific. Okay? It's very general. What what does the strap on? What does it feel like? What, what does it feel like? What is it what does it taste like? Mom, stop stop talking. Stop talking about the fucking strap on, mom. Stop it. She goes, "Why are you getting so sensitive?" I'm not getting sensitive, mom. I, no, I mean what? Lloyd has a fucking relationship with a strap on. She goes, "That's the energy you need for the strap on let's go again <laughs> wow. wow.
That's a real fucking actor. I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, when people think that it's not, that's a real fucking actor. Of course. And of course. That's why when you that. asked him to do that, I thought, Doug is finally fucking gone off the deep end. He's not going to do this fucking scene in here Come right on. now. Listen, I want you to cheapen and homogenize your performance with this karaoke version for our own profit and gain. And you know what, Doug? I'm in. <laughs> you know what? I thought, listen, Let's Jeremy. Do the whole season. I Let's said, do the whole season. I said Let's we do the whole all. season. This was awesome. I mean, Rex, Jeremy, can't thank you enough for being here and making Connolly money. I got a Food's fucking here. parking ticket. <laughs> Food came. Too. I got nothing. But anyway, you guys, it's it really is. It reminds me every time we get anybody back here. It's a pleasure to be with everyone again together. We had so much fun when we were doing it. We're having so much fun now. And uh, everybody go see Jeremy doing stand up, which Connolly and Dylan. We're going to commit to going to see money. Yeah, I mean, are they even Absolutely. open though? I mean, are, are comedy, is the comedy uh, store open? Oh, the red open states and... are open. I've just played <laughs> Texas. Texas is like, they're open today a thousand percent. They're so open. They're like opening like right. Starbucks inside Starbucks. <laughs> they're like, Rona, I'll shoot it in the fucking face. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about it. Nice. Uh, my movie, Last Call, I feel like a fucking. No, no you don't. Know. This Last, is what it's for. Last Call. With Bruce Dern and Taryn Manning, and everyone comes out on on, on the nineteenth in nice. theaters and on IFC. Awesome! And awesome. I'm going to be doing puppet shows on the Third Street Promenade. <laughs> and Rex, that. That Rex, what do you got right now? I'm going to go see a puppet show on Third Street. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you there. Rex and I are going to be doing puppet shows together. And well, Rex, Rex is. I see the wheels moving. We're going to have him at 8 p.m. <laughs> we're going to have him. I mean, Connolly's going to make so I'm, much I fucking money while we're all starving. You aren't reading mine. <laughs> Listen, the podcast is going to be Rex is in effect. That's it. Oh, my Rex God. Lee. Yeah, Rex is in effect with, with Rex Lee. I love it. Great name. Thank you, guys. It's always fun hanging out with you. Thank you. Yep. I love Let's it. wrap Jeremy. it up. Absolutely. Doug Allen. Kevin Dillon. You guys do the victory right here. Ready? <laughs> This oh my is God, victory the podcast. Jeremy's like, Bro, I, Jeremy's we go. so violated at Bro. this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Geppetto. Oh, three, I am. Two, three. I, victory! They got game. He got game. It might feel good. It might sound a little something. But the game, if it ain't saying nothing.